You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review for Thursday, December 1st. I'm Portia Cook. And I'm Kira McKinley. And you're tuned in to KCSU Fort Collins. On today's show, Kira McKinley goes over campus news with information on Rams Against Hunger. After that, Portia covers local news with information on a downtown Fort Collins safe driving program. Then I give you your daily dose of music, entertainment, and events news with information on Balenciaga's ad campaign scandal. After that, you'll hear an episode of the We Believe You podcast discussing helpful apps for survivors of interpersonal violence. Then I'll cover environmental news today with updates on the Colorado River water crisis. After that, Lee Zimpel goes over national news with updates on a shooting at a Walmart in Virginia. Then stay tuned for your CSU sports updates with you and Pert. And to conclude today's show, I will take a look at what Fort Collins has in store for the weather this week. The following RMR broadcast was pre-recorded on Wednesday, November 30th. With that, let's move right into campus and local news. This is Kieran McKinley reporting your campus news for Thursday, December 1st. Stephen Foschnett, a professor of ecosystem science and sustainability at Colorado State University, has traveled to one of the world's renowned snow laboratories in Japan. The research center has a cold room that is kept at about 14 degrees in order to study snow crystals. According to CSU Source News, Foschnet's studies at these research facilities will help to, quote, inform models to improve water forecasting and management, end quote. Information from this story comes from CSU Source News. At the ASCSU meeting that took place on November 16th, many pieces of legislation were brought before the Senate. A few of those pieces of legislation were particularly notable, one of which was the Groom Transportation Bill. This bill was seeking $7,000 from the Senate Discretionary Fund to help provide free airport transportation to the Denver airport for students during the holiday season. Another bill that was presented to the Senate is the signature of the ASCSU bill. This would include an endorsement letter that would be sent to the 118th United States Congress concerning Roe v. Wade. This bill brought up a lot of opinions within the Senate. Jessica Laffey, who is a senator, claimed that it's not the Senate's job to get involved in national politics and that this bill may be crossing that line. Nonetheless, after a heated debate, the bill was passed 24 to 8. Information from this story comes from Sam Hewden, a reporter for The Collegian. In other campus news, Rams Against Hunger, a student organization at Colorado State University, will be holding a concert with Ram events on December 5th at the Lori Student Center. The concert will feature 2MX2 in Sunrise Daydream. According to the CSU events page, at the event, free tote bags will be handed out with information about different food security resources. Rams Against Hunger is also an organization that is centered around providing students with food resources. Some of their resources include a food pantry, a meal swipe program, in-person aid, and much more. More information on Rams Against Hunger can be found on the Lori Student Center website. And if you're looking for more information on the concert as well, this can also be found on the Lori Student Center website. Thank you for listening to my campus news updates. Now on to local news with Portia Cook. I'm Portia Cook reporting your local news for Thursday, December 1st. Following city council's vote to adopt proposed changes to the city's land use codes, a citizens group called Preserve Fort Collins has formed to fight against the proposed changes saying City Council did not do enough community outreach. If the group gets the required 4,223 signatures to validate its referendum, the code update will be paused and the Council will be forced to reconsider them. 
As a result, Council Member Julie Pignantario and Mayor Pro Tem Emily Francis, who are both acting as private citizens, created FOCO Forward, a countergroup created in support of the land use code changes. The land use code updates passed in early November with a 5-2 to two vote. According to the City of Fort Collins, the city revised the land use code with five guiding principles, including increasing overall housing capacity, enabling more affordability, allowing for more diverse housing choices, making the code easier to use, and improving predictability. As for now, the land development code will go into effect on January 1st, 2023. Additional information on the city land use code and how you can become involved can be found at fcgov.com. The City of Fort Collins Parking Service Department is implementing a new program to discourage drinking and driving in downtown Fort Collins. Program Safe Choice allows downtown visitors who cannot drive due to alcohol and or marijuana consumption or another safety reason to leave their vehicles parked in on-street overnight parking without being ticketed. According to the City of Fort Collins, to use the program, drivers must contact parking services by phone or fill out the Safe Choice online form to provide their vehicle license plate information. Vehicles left overnight must be picked up by 10 o'clock a.m. the next morning to avoid being ticketed. Several dozen Safe Choice signs have already been placed near on-street parking in downtown Fort Collins, and each sign features a QR code that links to the program's webpage where the online form can be found. The online Safe Choice form can be found at www.fcgov.com.safechoice. City Parking Services Manager Eric Kesselberg in a statement said, quote, We want to make sure people don't drive their vehicles when they shouldn't, simply to avoid going over parking time restrictions and getting a ticket. We hope this program will encourage drivers to make a safe choice to leave their car behind and find an alternative way home if they've had too much to drink, end quote. According to the City of Fort Collins, the program is not an excuse to frequently park downtown overnight, and enforcement officials will be monitoring for abuse of the program. That's all for your local news. I'm Portia Cook, and I'll be right back with your music events and entertainment news after the break. I'm Lassa. Tune in and guess the artists. Wednesday from 11 a.m. to 1 on Around the Moon on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. And I'm back with your music events and entertainment news. Realities for Children is celebrating its 25th annual tree lighting ceremony this evening, December 1st, from 6 o'clock p.m. to 7 o'clock p.m. The tree lighting will take place outside of the First Presbyterian Church, located at 531 South College Avenue. 
Along with the lighting of the 50-foot blue night lights tree, the event will include live music by Steve Manchel, Jalen Webb, and performers from Diva Academy. You can take a selfie with Santa in a carriage, enjoy complimentary hot drinks courtesy of Sweet Treats, and enter to win a 30-pound Rocky Mountain Chocolate Santa. Those who donate during the event will be entered to win a $125 Shields gift card plus a commemorative 25th anniversary Nightlights blanket. According to Realities for Children, the tree lighting ceremony and community support, quote, brightens the lives of children in need and raises awareness to the darkness of child abuse and neglect, end quote. For ways to donate and get involved, you can visit realitiesforchildren.com slash events slash nightlights. Grab your family a warm blanket and some hot cocoa and enjoy a carriage ride at the Foothills Mall in Fort Collins. This season, Kodiak Ranch is offering no-cost carriage rides on a first-come, first-served basis. Pickup for the rides is located outside the Cinemark Theater and Bistro and will circle the Foothill Shopping Complex. Carriage rides will take place next on Saturday, December 4th from 6 o'clock p.m. to 8 o'clock p.m., Saturday, December 11th from 5 o'clock p.m. to 7 o'clock p.m., and Saturday, December 17th from 5 o'clock p.m. to 7 o'clock p.m. In other events news, the Old Town Square Skate Rink is now open. This season, the rink is offering no-cost admission and skate rentals, and no reservations are required. This weekend, the rink will be operating during the following times. Friday, December 2nd, from 4 o'clock p.m. to 7 o'clock p.m., Saturday, December 3rd, from 12 o'clock p.m. to 6 o'clock p.m., and Sunday, from 12 o'clock p.m. to 5 o'clock p.m. Additional rink dates and times for the month of December can be found at downtownfortcollins.com slash events slash skate dash rink. After you've gotten some skating in, you can visit with Chris Kringle himself. That's right, Santa Claus is in town and his workshop is set up right outside of the skating rink in Old Town Square. He is ready to visit with you and children of all ages and listen to your holiday wishes. There is no cost when visiting Santa, and you can even take your own photos. Santa's workshop is open this weekend, December 2nd through Sunday, December 4th from 12 o'clock p.m. to 6 o'clock p.m. Santa's workshop calendar for the month of December can be found at downtownfortcollins.com slash events slash Santa's dash workshop. In entertainment news... Balenciaga, the luxury fashion brand, is facing major backlash after releasing two controversial ad campaigns featuring images of children holding plush bears, wearing BDSM-style fishnet tops, and leather harnesses surrounded by objects like flasks, wine glasses, and chain necklaces. The ad drew further backlash when reviewers noticed a page from a 2008 Supreme Court decision, United States v. Williams, in the backdrop of an ad in the same campaign showcasing a $3,000 purse. The ruling upheld the constitutionality of a child pornography conviction. Since the release, the ads have been met with accusations that the fashion house is condoning the sexual abuse of children, with social media users, media commentators, and celebrities alike describing the ads as horrifying, disgusting, and inexcusable. Balenciaga apologized for both ads in two different statements last week and then again on Monday. However, with fashion icons like Kim Kardashian, quote, reevaluating her relationship with Balenciaga, end quote, the future of the fashion brand is unknown. It's been an eventful week on Twitter. This time, Elon Musk is calling out tech giant Apple. 
The Tesla CEO and new head of Twitter took to his social media platforms on Monday to call out the iPhone maker for pulling back on advertising on the site while calling Apple out for its 30% app store fees. According to The Verge, Musk, in a series of tweets, accused Apple of suppressing speech by requiring apps in its stores to abide by certain content standards and questioned whether the company hates free speech in America. In one tweet, Musk specifically tagged Apple CEO Tim Cook's Twitter account. However, Cook has yet to respond. In other news, Kanye West and Kim Kardashian have finally reached a divorce settlement. And while neither party will receive spousal support, Per the agreement, Yee is ordered to pay Kardashian $200,000 per month in child support. According to CNN, Kardashian filed for divorce from West in February of 2021. The couple had been married since 2014. In music news, there's new music out and NPR says these are this week's best album releases. Coming in at number five is Bill Frizzle with album titled Four. In at number four is Glorilla with the album titled Anyways, Life's Great. Coming in at number three is Christine and the Queens with their album Les Arolables Estoiles. Taking the number two spot is Bruce Springsteen with his album Only the Strong Survive. And coming in at number one is Run the Jewels with their album RTJCU4TR. That's all for your music events and entertainment news. If you're looking for things to do, you can check out the KCSU events calendar for the most up-to-date local events on and off campus. The events calendar can be found at kcsufm.com. And now, an episode of the We Believe You podcast discussing helpful apps for survivors of interpersonal violence. Hi, and welcome to our recommendation show for season six. I'm Casey, and today we're joined in the studio by our whole advocacy team. Hey. Hey. You have already heard from our newest team members, Mitch and Lauren, when they introduced themselves in a few other episodes this season. But we also wanted to give Karen Eichel a chance to introduce herself to you all as well. Karen joined our team in 2020 in a joint position between the WGAC and our counseling center. Karen provides support to student survivors as a therapist specializing in interpersonal violence. Karen, would you like to say hi to our listeners? Yeah, I would. Hey, everyone. My name is Karen Eichel. I use she, her pronouns. So like Victoria said, I work on campus as an interpersonal violence counselor, and I work in the Women and Gender Advocacy Center and Counseling Services. My main role on campus is to provide individual and group support for survivors of interpersonal violence. So a few things you might want to know about me. I have lived in Colorado my entire life, um, but I'm actually, I'm a water person in Colorado, which feels a little bit silly. I identify as a white cis woman. I am also part of the queer community. I identify as someone with a disability. I identify as a survivor. I'm also an artist outside of my work of being a therapist. So that's just a little bit about me right now and excited to chat with you all. We have a pretty exciting recommendation show for you all this time around. We decided to focus in on a couple apps that we often recommend to survivors. So each one of us has a little something for you. That's right. It's important to know that each of these apps are ones that we've played around with and use ourselves. We aren't paid by the app developers and honestly stand by what we discuss here. With that, let's jump right in. 
Victoria? Definitely. Thanks, Mitch. Now, trauma can manifest in a lot of different ways. For many survivors, suicidal ideation and self-harm can show up, which are completely normal responses to trauma. Self-harm might even be a coping mechanism for some survivors, and we totally get that. However, for so many reasons, self-harm and suicidal ideations are super scary, and they can come with long-term impacts. For my recommendation this season, I'm going to talk about Calm Harm, which is a free app that supports people who experience suicidal ideation and self-harm behaviors. Essentially, this app offers several different exercises to try to help people navigate their self-harm urges, and it can help them to feel calmer. Now, these exercises won't necessarily erase your urges completely, but it can help when they feel too big to manage. As the app says, quote, The urge to self-harm is like a wave. It feels most powerful when you start wanting to do it, end quote. Calm Harm exists to help you ride that wave until the urges fade. When you sign up for Calm Harm, you will create a four-digit password, which helps you maintain your privacy. When you get into the app, there are six different types of activities to choose from, and they include either five or 15-minute activities, depending on how much time you have or how strong your urges might be. These activities include comfort, which focuses on enjoyment and relaxation, distraction, self-expression, release, which includes physical activities like punching a pillow or running in place, breathing exercises, and a random option that chooses for you. It may be a good idea to check out the app and get an idea of what you like before using it to ride the wave so you don't have to make a decision in a difficult moment. When you complete an activity and indicate that the urge is passed, you will have the option to log how strong the urge was, whether or not the activity helped, and what feelings there were when the urge showed up in the first place. There's also an optional journaling activity so you can write how you were feeling after the urge is passed. When you complete an activity, you will be led to some resources if you need more support, like the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Calm Harm also tracks your self-harm urges in a few different ways. It will keep a log of the date and time of your urges, as well as the activities you used and what you wrote after using each activity. It also tracks your average urge strength, the time of day they show up the most, and the feelings you indicate during those urges. These logs can help you find patterns in your triggers and self-harm so you can practice being mindful of them, and possibly even get ahead of them before they become overwhelming. Calm Harm is a great app for survivors who experience self-harm and suicidal ideation. I hope it helps you too. Hello, wonderful listeners. This is Mitch, and I'm excited to introduce y'all to my recommended app on today's podcast. And I've been trying to figure out, for one, to see if I like it, two, ease of use, three, benefits from use, and four, is it totally free? The app I'm exploring is called PTSD Coach. Maybe some of y'all have heard of it or already using it. This app was created by the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs, but it can actually be used by anyone, not just veterans. I found it easy to use, and I'll be honest, I'm not that tech savvy. So this app has a lot of handy tools, in my opinion. It has educational information about PTSD, help and info with finding professional care, a self-assessment for PTSD that you can track over time, opportunities to find support, and tools to help manage the stress of daily life. 
The tools range from relaxation skills and positive self-talk to anger management and other common self-help ideas. Based on what's going on for you, you can choose to explore by the symptoms you're experiencing or looking up by tools to try. For example, if you're looking under symptoms, you'll see a list of things like avoiding triggers, feeling sad, hopeless, unable to sleep, disconnected from reality, and so on. Once you choose a symptom, it will ask you to rate the level of distress on a scale from 1 to 10. Then, it'll give you some suggestions or offer a guided grounding meditation to work through. What I really like about this app is that you can customize it for your specific needs. You can upload music playlists, pictures, and contacts of people who you can trust for support. You can make a favorites list with the techniques that you find the most helpful too. There's also a selection for crisis support that lists numbers for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, National Domestic Violence Hotline, Assault Hotline, and a hotline specific for veterans. You can also upload your support contacts, as previously mentioned, and they just added this kick-ass feature for creating your own safety plan. Going back to the key things I was looking for, I already mentioned ease of use. As someone who isn't that great with technology, I do feel like I have benefited from the app a little bit, especially in the can't sleep function and using the managing symptoms options. One of my coworkers mentioned positive reports from students who've already been using this, so that feels encouraging as well. Now, as far as I've been using it, it's been totally free. I haven't had any pop-up ads or locked access that you have to pay to unlock, which is also really cool. The other plus is that we all know that sometimes we can't afford to see a private therapist or other mental health services. So this, being completely free, is another way to empower some self-help in the meantime. Lastly, this app is available for both Android and Apple phones. It's available in English and Spanish and has an age recommendation of ages 12 and up. One downside, my colleagues and I couldn't find any accessibility features. All right, y'all, that's my two cent recommendation, and I hope it's helpful for anyone listening out there who might need a free alternative to something that isn't affordable right now. Y'all take care, and remember the WGAC is here for y'all. This is Mitch, signing out. Well, I guess I'll jump in here with my rec. This is Lauren, and once I was clear, we were talking about apps for your phone and not my favorite appetizer, which is mozzarella sticks, if you're wondering. I was jazzed to find What's Up, a mental health app. This app is free with the option to make small donations to the app designer to access some different designs. The content itself is fully available at no cost, making this a great accessible option. The app has a basic intuitive design with a few free options to adjust the colors. White, black, gray, and blue are default options for text, background, and buttons. I appreciate that the app itself doesn't feel overstimulating in its appearance and is simple to navigate. If someone were experiencing a panic attack, triggers, or flashbacks, this basic design might help someone get the support they need quickly. Within What's Up are different sections, including help right now, coping strategies, information, and personal. Each section leads to exercises and tools that can be used to self-regulate when someone is experiencing strong emotions. The app specifically shares information about anger, anxiety, depression, self-esteem, and stress, and I see a lot of relevance to help someone who has experienced trauma too. The first section, Help Right Now, is exactly as it sounds. A place to start if you're struggling right this second. And it's filled with grounding tools, breathing exercises, quotes, a tool to help you remain in the present moment, affirmations, and websites that change based on your location. 
When I learned about the app, I was especially drawn to the grounding tools. One is like a game in which the app gives you different prompts of things to spot around you. When I tested it myself, I found myself so focused on playing the game that I was way less distracted by difficult emotions and challenging thoughts. Let me be clear. Often, it's healthy to feel our emotions and sit with our challenging thoughts. But when those become overwhelming and just too much to experience, or we're spinning our mental wheels on the same things, a game like this can really make a difference. In the coping strategies section, there are exercises and learning pages to build up your toolbox for managing difficult emotions. For example, the section on thinking patterns has different pages where you can learn about different unhelpful thinking patterns that you might be experiencing. Each page explains a bit about the thinking pattern and then poses questions you can ask yourself to work on retraining your thought processes or includes messages you can tell yourself to get out of a particular thinking pattern in the moment. I could see myself using the questions as journal prompts to dig deeper into long-standing patterns that aren't helping me. Also in this section is a positive steps button with be well recommendations. There's times, especially when coping with trauma, that these things are simply not feasible But I like that this section is here to remind us about some of the ways we can show our bodies and our brains care through connection with others, doing creative things, creating time to rest, relax, and find joy in our days. A few caveats I want to share about the WhatsApp app. It's text-heavy, meaning there are a lot of pages with a lot of words. While the information is excellent and really helpful, I know I won't peruse each page in detail because of the quantity of text. For me, those are pages I can come to if I want to learn more, but they're easy to ignore and instead focus on the tools that feel most beneficial. The other thing I want to mention about the app is that sometimes what we all need is help from someone else. Whether that's an advocate, a counselor, a friend, medications or medical care, sometimes we just don't have the tools to thrive on our own. This app is really good, but don't forget to reach out for help and support when you know you need it. Okay, I'm going to be talking about the app Gottman Card Decks. Bear with me because the name does not sound very exciting, but once you get past it, there's some good stuff in there. You might be thinking, what is Gottman? Gottman is actually the last name of a couple who has done extensive research on relationships for several decades, four decades to be exact. Their ultimate goal is to support people in relationships to have happier, stronger connections. And I pulled that quote straight from their website. The app was created to offer an interactive way to explore all things contributing to this happier and stronger connection that they speak of. Card Decks is pretty simple and easy to navigate. You open it up and you're immediately provided with different categories of prompts or questions to search through. I'm going to go ahead and name a few of those categories so you know what to expect. Here are a few. Love maps, open-ended questions, rituals for connection, expressing needs, expressing empathy, There's even different categories of salsa. And when they say salsa, I'm gathering that they're referring to romantic connection, sex, and physical intimacy. My partner and I used this app when we were stuck in traffic traveling to the mountains one time. We have been together for a while and we're surprised by how much we learned about each other. From my experience with this app, I think it could be used in newer relationships and established ones too. Card decks is free. There are a few things I wish were different about the app though. The language appears to be geared towards monogamous relationships and does not seem to be inclusive language-wise when it comes to non-monogamous relationships, though it could be used individually with each partner or in any other way that people find useful. I'm not sure if it's offered in any other language than English. If you're unsure how to use it, my advice would be to explore the app with yourself first. I have also found the Gottman Institute's Instagram to be helpful. The last time I scrolled through there, 
there was a post on gentle startups to help couples in conflict. And I thought, yep, I could probably use that one. There are also tips on expressing sexual desires in relationships, affirmations, and advice from real-life couples. Lots of good stuff in there. Okay, last thing. If you end up liking this app, there are several card games out there with similar getting-to-know-each-other-on-a-deeper-level vibes. If that sounds like something you'd be interested in, Hygie, Where Should We Begin, and We're Not Really Strangers are a few others that I would recommend. That's all for now. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel here. We frequently hear from survivors that they struggle with unhelpful or negative thoughts, negative self-talk, internalized victim blaming, intrusive or anxious thoughts, and guilt, just to name a few. It can be extremely hard to combat these thoughts or vocalize them to others. It often allows them to exist unchecked, running rampant through our brains and wreaking havoc. It's no surprise, then, that these negative thoughts can have big impacts on our mental health, self-image, and understanding of reality. Going to therapy, talking to loved ones, journaling, and or talking to an advocate can all be helpful in combating these thoughts. And I am so excited to share this new, at least to me, app that I found recently called Thought Diary. Thought Diary uses cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, which is a common talk therapy strategy where the goal is to identify and change unhelpful or unhealthy thinking patterns and behaviors. CBT also frequently focuses on behavioral change in addition to challenging those thinking patterns. And while it can be a great strategy for survivors, it can also be used by anyone. Thought Diary has a range of payment options, ranging from free, with restrictions, to about $6 per month. For the purpose of this episode, and with the knowledge that not everyone can afford to spend that much on an app, I'll be focusing on what's available in the free version. Okay, so let's say I've piqued your interest and you're sitting there like, but what is this app? Thought Diary starts with a daily check-in about how you're feeling and gives a range of options ranging from terrible to terrific. But one of my favorite parts about this app is that the next question it asks is, what emotions are you experiencing? And gives a bunch of negative and positive or pleasant and unpleasant emotions for you to choose from. Note that the emotions are not labeled good or bad, which I love because all emotions are valid in helping us identify how we're feeling. I've heard from a number of survivors that identifying their emotions is really hard, especially for those who have experienced emotional and or mental abuse. Giving all these emotion options can really help expanding on feeling bad or overwhelmed or happy. For example, looking at this check-in today, I'm feeling anxious because I'm recording this episode and stressed, which are labeled as negative emotions. But I'm also feeling excited and grateful, which are labeled as positive emotions. The act of identifying emotions in and of itself can be really helpful in addressing feelings of overwhelm and getting to root causes. Thought Diary then asks, what is making you feel this particular way? And lists a variety of things from family to food to hobbies to school. I'll name that I feel like this particular section, at least in the free version, is lacking some options. So sometimes I'll skip it altogether if I don't see some that feel accurate. And I love that it lets you skip anything you don't want to do. It also gives you the ability to elaborate with prompts about how you're feeling. I personally struggle with knowing where to start when I'm writing, much like SpongeBob in the classic procrastination episode, so having prompts is super helpful for me. After the check-in, there are various activities you can engage in, and there are way more available with the paid version, that touch on subjects like gratitude, relationships, rituals, and goals. In the free version, there's a great activity where you can start analyzing unhelpful thoughts by identifying them and thinking about if there's any thought distortions in them, such as all-or-nothing thinking, catastrophizing, and self-blaming. You're then encouraged to write ways you can challenge the unhelpful thought and different ways to think about it, again with prompts. Y'all, I know this sounds so cheesy, but I was so excited when I found this app, and I'm not even paid by the app company. 
I think it's also helpful to note that I am someone who generally does not like journaling, and this app was really helpful for me. If you try it out, let us know your thoughts. All right. I'm bringing up the end of the show with my own recommendation of Headspace, which is a popular app similar to those like Calm or Insight Timer. They're good apps, but we're just not getting into those in this show. The recommendation I chose to talk about this time around is good for overall wellness. And right up front, I think it's important to know most of this app isn't free. And while you have heard some great free options from my colleague, this is one that I would say is worth the money. You can choose to pay by the month or for a full year for about $70. There are a couple of free trial periods that will give you a chance to check it all out. And I will say that you do get a lot for your money. Despite the cost, I highly recommend this useful tool. I really, really enjoy the design of this app. It comes in five languages and is usable for people four and up. They also have cute little animations for all these different things. A gentle smiling sun welcomes you into the app. And I just did a super short breathing exercise that had some sleeping cat helping me breathe in and out to the sounds of its purrs. And yesterday, there was an option to watch baby otters play for a couple of minutes. What a great way to add some joy to my day. Each day, they give you some quick recommendations to get started. Today, mine was a one-minute breathing exercise, a three- to seven-minute dance-off, and a three- to 20-minute meditation. Then it gave me some recs for my afternoon movement and for a sleep session at night. The app is really comprehensive. There are tons of meditations, sleep aids, focus help, and movements. The movements are great because they range from yoga to cardio and vary in time. Meaning, if I have 20 minutes at work and there's a way to get a little bit of mindful movement in, I can. Or if I need help focusing, I can go to the focus section and select one of the many focus playlists created by well-known artists. Or if I'm having a hard time falling asleep at night, I can listen to a sleep cast to help ease me into a good night's rest. They even have different suggestions for the things you might be wondering about or struggling with. From cultivating black joy to mindful eating. And now that it's March, they have a whole section for Women's History Month, offering suggestions of guided meditations from some of their awesome feminine contributors. Just to explore a little, I scrolled through the Navigating Injustice section, and there were pieces about grief and injustice, Asian mental health collectives, seeking safety and connecting to ancestral wisdom, just to name a few. The app will help you track your activity to let you know how many days in a row you've used the app, how long on average you engage, both of which were really helpful in establishing new habits around centering yourself and finding balance. One of the things that made me choose this app is that the makers have created a couple of Netflix shows grounding folks in mindfulness. These mini-series are made up of about seven to eight short 20-minute episodes, and they're an amazing representation of what the app is like. So if you like how they design the show, you will really like the design of the app. So if you're interested in Headspace, check it out, or any of the apps we've just recommended in this show. That's all for this episode of We Believe You advocacy, resources, and healing around interpersonal trauma. Please remember that the WGAC is here to provide support for all CSU students 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. To reach an advocate, you can call 970-492-4242. If you have feedback, thoughts, comments, questions, or want to be interviewed for the podcast, please email wgac at colostate.edu. That's wgac at C-O-L-O-S-T-A-T-E dot E-D-U. 
For more information about advocacy and the Women and Gender Advocacy Center, go to www.wgac.colostate.edu. You can also find the WGAC on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. A big thank you to Xavier Hadley for creating the music used in the podcast and to our partnership with KCSU here at Colorado State University. For more KCSU content, go to kcsufm.com. Thank you so much for listening. This is Pastor PJ, and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. In environmental news, the Colorado River crisis has been of concern for quite a bit of time now, but conditions may be worsening quicker than expected, according to the Denver Post. The U.S. Bureau of Reclamation has now stated that without enough snow this season, certain water supplies in the West could be in danger, like Lake Powell. Without enough water, Lake Powell, the country's second largest reservoir could drop below critical levels before November 2023. Over the summer, many states in the West were in talks of how to save the Colorado River water supply, but ultimately they made little progress. And as the West enters its third La Nina season, the Colorado River water crisis doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon, if actions from states aren't taken soon. Information from this story comes from the Denver Post. In other environmental news, the world's largest living structure, the Great Barrier Reef, is in danger. CNN said that in a UN-backed report, they suggested that the Great Barrier Reef should be put on an endangered list and treated with the utmost urgency. The Great Barrier Reef's official website has said the reef is facing these problems due to, quote, the growing combination of rising water temperatures, poor water quality from sediment runoff and pollution, as well as more severe cyclones and crown of thorn stars outbreaks, end quote. A combination of these problems has caused the reef to be suggested to put on the endangered list. Many regions all around the world have been seeing an increase in extreme weather events due to climate change. One of those regions experiencing an increase in these events due to climate change is Australia. CNN has said, quote, Australia will continue to see a spike in extreme rainfall and heat, as well as more dangerous fire events, end quote. Australia has already been seeing extreme events like an increase in floods and fires. The bushfire season of 2019 to 2020, according to the Center of Disaster Philanthropy, ended nine months after the first fire began. Along with that, 46 million acres of land were burned. 
Thank you for listening to my environmental news updates. And make sure to stay tuned as soon we'll be back with national news updates with Lee's and Pell. Yo, it's Brigie Smalls and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Peace. I'm Lee Zimpel, and these are some national news stories from this week. Officials suspect that a former Virginia state trooper murdered the family of a 15-year-old girl he had catfished online. The suspect, 28-year-old Austin Lee Edwards, was hired by a Virginia sheriff's office just 10 days before he traveled to Southern California and supposedly killed the teenager's mother and grandparents. Edwards died in a shootout with authorities Friday only hours after the assumed triple homicide, according to CNN. Police say that Edwards used a deceptive online tactic called catfishing, where a person claims to be somebody they're not, in order to cultivate a trusting relationship with the teen. 911 dispatchers responded to calls about a house fire Friday morning, where they found three adult victims outside the burning home. They were later discovered to be the mother and grandparents of the girl. Officials are still investigating the fire, but they suspect that Edwards intentionally set the fire before leaving with the girl. She was not harmed in the shootout with police. The Washington County, Virginia Sheriff's Office said in a news release that Edwards was hired on November 16th and recently started orientation to work in the patrol division. In the release, Sheriff Blake Andes said it was shocking and sad that Edwards was able to infiltrate law enforcement while hiding his true identity. The case is still being investigated as officials piece together what happened. The victims have been identified as Mark and Sherry Winnick, along with their daughter Brooke. The Winnick family said in a statement that they're processing the situation and that they're thankful for the community's support. About a week after the Virginia Walmart shooting, the company now faces a $50 million lawsuit on behalf of a surviving employee on the grounds that Walmart neglected longtime warning signs as the company failed to punish or investigate the shooter's threatening behavior. Store supervisor Andre Bing fatally shot six employees, several of which were witnessed up close by employee Danya Prelo. Prelo filed the lawsuit on Tuesday, stating that the shooting left her with post-traumatic stress disorder. The lawsuit also states that Prelo filed a number of complaints detailing Bing's bizarrely rude comments and persistent harassment. The suit argues that Walmart could have better handled Bing's troubling behavior by simply taking any kind of action such as termination or a mental health examination, rather than failing to take any action at all. More information about the lawsuit and Prelo's story can be found through ABC News. After half a century apart, a Texas family was reunited with their missing daughter on Saturday. Jeffrey Highsmith and Alta Apentenko began their search in August 1971 when their 21-month-old daughter, Melissa Highsmith, was kidnapped by a babysitter in Fort Worth. For 51 years, the family was left without answers after working with law enforcement and conducting their own private investigations. Despite chasing leads and hiring investigators on their own, it was a DNA test that cracked the case wide open, according to USA Today. The family cited the results of a 23andMe DNA test as the start of discovering their lost daughter, who was still living in Fort Worth about 20 minutes away, as reported by ABC 13. Melissa Highsmith said that she learned of her abduction when her father messaged her over Facebook with the website's test results. 
which will be confirmed in an official DNA test with the local police department. She said that the discovery of her identity is both overwhelming and wonderful. The Senate passed a bill Tuesday that will protect same-sex and interracial marriage despite GOP pushback. The Respect for Marriage Act garnered support from all Democrats and from 12 Republicans, passing 61 to 36. The bill survived a filibuster and three amendments presented by opposing Republicans. It's headed next for the House where it'll need to pass a final vote before moving on to President Joe Biden. More in-depth story about the bill can be found on the NBC News website. The U.S. beat Iran 1-0 at the Qatar World Cup yesterday, moving the U.S. team through to the round of 16. Iran hasn't been able to secure a spot in the knockout rounds in the past, which marks the point where half of the 32 starting teams have been filtered out. The match was closely and widely watched because of the larger tensions between the U.S. and Iran, the high stakes both teams were competing with, and the human rights protests in Iran, according to NPR. Those were some of your national news updates. Thank you for listening to 90.5 KCSU. If you like the brief World Cup coverage, more sports news is next. Now with Ewan Pert with CSU Athletics Updates. I'm Ewan Pert and welcome to this week's RMR Sports Update. Up first, we have volleyball who finished their season 19 and 11 after an up and down season and the announcement of head coach Tom Hilbert's retirement late in the season. The team took a tough loss in five sets against San Diego State. The team will retool and see much change this offseason, but due to Jackie Van Liefta being the only senior on the team, this team will have plenty of continuity going into next season. Football would also end their season 3-8. and eight. In their final game of the season, the Rams would win their third game of the season uh, with a shutout against New Mexico, a team that CSU has not lost to in over 10 years. The Rams are looking forward to the offseason and retooling the roster in order to fix some of the holes on the team and continue head coach Jay Norvell's mission to change the culture around CSU football. Up next is men's basketball, who's 5-2. and two. The Rams would take their first loss of the season at the Shriner Children's Charleston Classic, but they are still three games over 500, and John Tonjay had a big game recently against Mississippi Valley, in which he scored 25 points and grabbed seven rebounds in only 27 minutes. The team will be hosting Loyola Marymount in the middle of the week and the University of Northern Colorado over the weekend. Up next is women's basketball, who is 4-2, with close losses against Auburn and Mississippi State. The Rams have dropped two of their six games, but only by a combined six points. uh, While in all of their wins, the scoring margin has been over 20 points. The team will be headed to Greeley early in the week for a game against the UNC Bears in search of their first road win of the season before returning to Fort Collins for a game against Western Michigan over the weekend. Track and field teams will be beginning their seasons this week with the Air Force Holiday Open happening at the end of the week at Air Force. Up next is Women's Swim and Dive, who is 4-0. Heading into the week with a perfect record, the team will be headed to Albuquerque late this week for a couple of matches against Air Force in New Mexico at the end of the week. I'm Ewan Part. This has been your sports update of the week. Thank you for listening to the Rocky Mountain Review. Portia Cook with your Fort Collins weather forecast. As we move into December, we will continue to see colder days, but not much snow, at least not just yet. As for tonight, you can expect a few clouds and a low of 31 degrees. 
Friday brings us partly cloudy skies with gusty winds developing during the afternoon. Winds are expected to travel west at 20 to 30 miles per hour with wind gusts occasionally topping 40 miles per hour. As for Friday temps, we will see a high of 47 during the day and a low of 16 during the night. Moving into the weekend, Saturday gives us a few clouds with light winds and a high of 39 degrees. Sunday temps jump up a bit with a high of 49 and partly cloudy skies. As for next week's weather, you can tune in for the next episode of the Rocky Mountain Review only on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I'm Portia Cook with your KCSU Weather Report. Information comes from the Weather Channel. And that's all for today. We just wanted to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music that's playing right now. We'd like to thank our guests today, as well as the rest of the staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. And I'd like to thank you, Portia. And I'd like to thank you, Kira. And finally, we couldn't do this without you. Dear listener, thank you. If you miss any part of today's show, you can find the RMR podcast on kcsufm.com under news or podcast. You can also find us on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to your podcast by searching KCSU News. And with that, we'll see you next time.